So good evening, church, am I on? Can everybody hear me okay? So I'll say good evening again, and I'll also say Labus Bacarus to my wife, who is obviously watching in from Lithuania. I hope the kids are in bed. Uh, but it is a pleasure to be here to bring this message to you this evening. So the worship group just sang there, and it's vital. The Lord is great in battle. And brothers and sisters, we are in a spiritual battle because we're drawing ever closer to the end times. The Lord Jesus Christ is coming back again, and he's coming soon. And that's why the devil is busy. So this message tonight is entitled Music, the Devil, and Your Children. So if you could, if you have your Bible with you, we're going to take a couple of readings here just to start. So we'll start in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16. And the Bible says this, Let the word of God, or the word of Christ, dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And that's important. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And if you turn with me again to Revelation, the very last book, and you'll have heard some of these passages over the last number of weeks. But I'm going to take two verses. So Revelation chapter 12 and verse 9. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast into the earth. And his angels were cast out with him. And just go forward then to verse 12. Therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. That's us, church tonight. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. And of the seal of the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you tonight for your word. And I thank you that your word became flesh and dwelt among men. We thank you tonight for Jesus. We thank you that he's the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending. We thank you for salvation. We thank you, Jesus, for the day and the hour that you touched our souls. And Lord, at the outset of this meeting, I put everything into your hands, Lord. For we have an enemy of our souls and we give him no credit tonight. We will talk about him surely, but we will give him no credit. Because we will only give credit to the one who redeemed our souls. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Bless your name. Amen. So right from the very outset of this meeting, I want to make it very clear that I love music in its many forms. But what led to this message was the clear and obvious dangers of modern pop music. And I don't exaggerate that, and you will see later on. Eventually, when I was brought down to bring this message to the youth, as the pastor said, I think when I talked about some of these songs and some of these artists, there was a look of surprise, even embarrassment, on many faces that I knew this music, which made me feel really old. And then the utter amazement of the adults that were also in the room 
that they had absolutely no clue what was going on. We sort of confirmed their age as well. So this evening I want to explore the origins of music from a biblical perspective to explore what God had designed it for and then to show the development of music that the enemy then has used to pollute and manipulate the hearts and minds of many, especially our young people. Music is a powerful phenomenon which has shaped cultures, defined eras, as well as created shared personal experiences and memories. Music by its nature is emotive. It can cause happiness, sadness, joy, and pain. It can be used to celebrate, to dance. Yes, church, to dance. To motivate, to comfort, to communicate, to relax, and to educate. Likewise, if I was to ask any one of you in this building tonight to think of a song that you would class as your favorite, and within the first few notes of that song, you could be transported back to the very first time you heard it, the people you were with, and the shared experience. There is very little that can trigger a memory like music. When I was my eldest daughter, Elia, when she was finishing her nursery for the year, we were invited as parents to go and listen, and a lot of the kids sang some songs. But there was one song in particular that they sang, and I thought, well, that's a really great song. And Elia has been singing it most of the summer. And it's kind of rattled around in my brain. I wasn't going to sing it, but maybe I'll sing the chorus. And it's like this. Cover me in sunshine. Shower me in good time. And the world will keep spinning from the beginning. And everything will be all right. I thought it was a children's song. Until I looked for iTunes and it was a song by Pink. So I had absolutely no idea. And that verse has rattled around in my head all summer. So that's kind of the power and the trigger of music. So I say to the industrial and technological revolutions, it could be argued that no other revolution has had a greater cultural impact than that of music. From the swinging 60s to the rock and roll of the 70s to the transformation of pop in the 80s, the emergence of rap, the explosion of the dance culture of the 90s, Music has evolved with each passing generation, captivating and enticing in ways that was seemed unimaginable only 65 years earlier. If you really want to know the power of music, look no further than the state funeral of our late Queen Elizabeth II. Who can forget the sound of the pipe band echoing through the streets of London as they took her to her final resting place? Can you imagine your favorite film or movie without music? Can you imagine Top Gun Maverick or Star Wars or Ladies, your favorite romantic film without the music or the associated song? Music simply heightens the experience and is designed in these instances to cause an emotional reaction. Legendary composer John Williams, who wrote the soundtracks to Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Superman, E.T., Jurassic Park, and many, many more, will probably be forever remembered for two very famous notes. And to this day, it causes many people before they jump into the ocean to sort of think twice. Didn't. Didn't. That's the power of music. So what does the Bible say about music? Is it good or bad? And what was the purpose in the Old and New Testament? 
It's important to note here that music or specifically instruments in many churches is prohibited or diluted due to the belief that secular instruments and lyrics have taken away the message and made it all about the emotion. The debate continues about traditional music versus that of modern contemporary music. And whilst I agree that some modern worship leaders, especially today, are creating songs that are designed for a person-centered experience rather than a Christ-centered experience, some people have taken it so far, and some churches have taken it so far, that music is nearly a heresy in and of itself. So the Bible and music. Music was created and designed by God as a language to communicate and express our heartfelt emotions to him. Music in the Bible is mainly but not exclusively a cause for celebration. Many times, especially in times of pain, music and singing is probably the only way to truly express the inner depths of your being on the creator God. So starting at the Old Testament church, the Bible, which was delivered once under the saints, or once for all under the saints, is extremely musical. There are five books described as poetry, those being Job, the Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Songs. Many of the verses contained in these books are literally written in lyrical form. They can be easily and instantly transformed to music. The entire book of Psalms is a musical venture right at the heart of the Bible as we know it. In fact, the center verses of the entire Bible reside in this book. There are 31,102 verses. Now, I'm using the King James Version of the Bible, the authorized version of the Bible, and the only one that really we should read. But that's a conversation for another day. So 31,102 verses. So because there's an even number, when you split these in two, we'll take the two center verses, and they're found in Psalm 103, verses 1 and 2. So if you want to just turn to that with me. And it says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And we read that again. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Church, we are called to praise our God and our Savior and be reminded of his goodness and his faithfulness to us. It's right at the very heart of our Bible. Now, some of you might say, well, I thought the center of the Bible came in Psalm 118. Well, you would be correct if you were using chapters as your guide. Either way, the center of the Bible is found in the book that literally means a sacred song or a poem. God's very own hymn book. So what else does the Old Testament teach us about music and singing? Well, it shows that music was right there in the very first book of the Bible. And that carries right through to the book of Revelation. Some of these scriptures are more for reference point than anything else. Because there's a number here, so... I won't ask you to turn to them. We'll just read through them. So in Genesis 4, 21, Jubal is shown to be the father of all musicians. The scripture states he was the father of all such as Handel, the harp, and organ. In Exodus 15, 1 and 21, is the famous song of Moses. 
I'm not going to read it all. I'm going to read the first verse in the last couple, uh, 20 and 21. So Moses opens in song. Then Miriam and other women close by singing and dancing. There's quite a lot of references to dancing in the Old Testament. Church that did not go away with the new. So verse 1 states, Then Moses and the children of Israel sung this song unto the Lord and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider hath thrown into the sea. You could read the whole song yourself later on at home. But if you go now just to verse 20 and 21. So 20 says, And Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a trimble in her hand, and all the women went out after her with trimbles and danced. And Miriam answered them, Sing ye to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider have they thrown into the sea. Obviously Israel was celebrating coming through the Red Sea and the fact that the Lord was faithful in provision and bringing them right through. So how did they bring their praises on to God? They sang, they made music, and church they danced. And Joshua 6, 4 and 20, it's the famous story of the city of Jericho coming down around because of the sound of horns. They literally sent out the worship team first. So if the government or the police ever turn up at this tent, the worship team is going out first. And I'm okay with that. I'll be right behind, okay? <laughs> and 1 Samuel 16, 14 and 23, Saul experienced the soothing of music. 1 Kings 1, 39 and 40, the king's coronation was accompanied by music. And again, in 1 Chronicles 16 and 6, the Ark of the Covenant was accompanied by trumpeters. Ecclesiastes 2 and 8 states, that there were musicians for the king's court. Church, from the time of David's reign onwards, the use of music and worship became much more organized as well as refined for the temple. And we can see that in 1 Chronicles 15 and 16, where it says, And David spoke to the chiefs of the Levites to appoint their brethren to the singers, to be the singers with instruments of music, psalteries, and harps, and cymbals sounding. By lifting up the voice with joy. And what an insight this is from 2 Samuel 6 and 14. Tells us clearly. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. Even the king didn't care who was watching. He knew who he was worshipping. He displayed his joy and his delight. Dancing. And not just dancing. With all his might. You go two verses forward. And it says he was leaping and jumping, leaping. I'm not saying we should all come into church and leap and jump. The pastor might think we've all lost our minds. But there is a precedence when you've got joy in your heart and you want to praise and you want to sing and you know the Savior. Then you should want to jump with delight. And if that's not enough to convince you of the importance of music, turn with me to Psalm 150. The very closing chapter of God's hymn book. And it says this, Praise ye the Lord, praise God in the sanctuary, praise him in the firmament of his power, praise him for his mighty acts, praise him according to his excellent greatness. And here comes the music. 
Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with organized or stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that is breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. It couldn't be any more clear. Church, this is just a flavor of music in the Old Testament. But what about the New Testament? Did music stop in the New Testament? Well, the theme of music is present right from the very beginning. Heralding the birth of a precious baby, angels arrived to the unsuspecting shepherds, proclaiming that in the city of David, a Savior was born. I'm starting to feel a wee bit Christmassy. Don't. Which, so proclaiming that in the city of David, a Savior was born, which is Christ the Lord. Luke chapter 2, 13 and 14 tells us, and suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Sometimes we read these things, church. Sometimes we look at these things and we just it just comes, kind of comes off the page. But can you imagine the whole night sky just filled with noise? You would nearly think sometimes when you read these things that the angels kind of come in a bit quietly. They said to the shepherds, we're all here, and the exit stayed left. That is not what happened. And further, upon reading or opening text again, Colossians 3 and 16, that the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. A lot of people like to leave out the spiritual songs, but singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. This is echoed or mirrored over in Ephesians 5 and 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. The Greek word used here and in Ephesians for him is humnos, humnos, and it simply means a song of praise. So you've got hymns, psalms, songs of praise, and spiritual songs. So if you've got a great worship team, and they're worshiping from the heart, there's no restriction on how we praise our Savior. In keeping structure to edify the church, 1 Corinthians 14 and 26 says, How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you hath the psalm, hath the doctrine, hath the tongue, hath the revelation, has an interpretation, that all things be done on the edifying. This is the order of the Pentecostal church. And right in the middle is a psalm. In times of merriment, James 5 and 13, is any among you afflicted, let him pray. Is any merry, let him sing psalms. What about when we're in trouble? So Acts 16, 25 and 26. And it says this, And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. Now there's a study in that alone. When we go to school, colleges or workplaces, wherever we go... There are literally spiritual prisoners all around us. 
They're bound in chains. And what's the example? What do we show them? Do we sing and praise God? Do we show the fruits of the Spirit that we talked about this morning? Are we giving someone the opportunity to hear the gospel through our lives? Or do we go into our troublesome jobs or troublesome environments and we act the same way as the prisoners? Matthew 26 and 30. And this is about Jesus and the disciples. And when they had sung in him, they went out onto the Mount of Olives. This is truly wonderful. Can you imagine the Prince of Glory, the one who created the heavens and the earth, who breathed all things into existence, including Scripture, going to sing a hymn? Literally, the Word of God, who created the concept of music and song. And here's the Master singing. Have you ever thought about that? You ever wonder what that would have sounded like? Would Jesus have gently sung in the background while the disciples took the lead? Or would he have thundered out the words himself? Because he, he was those words. And I will go to Luke 15 again on the theme of music. Luke 15, 22 to 25. And I believe everyone in this tent tonight will know the parable of the prodigal son. We know what the prodigal son done. He took his inheritance. He went away off into a far off land. He spoiled it. Soon regretted it. And it says this, but the father sent the servants. When he returned, but the father sent, said to the servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring in his hand. And shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now the elder son, the house of Judah, was in the field. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard church underline this. Music and dancing. Music and dancing. This was Jesus teaching a parable. These were not the writings of early church leaders. Jesus himself said there was music and dancing. Take note of that. Underline that. That's what Jesus said. That's not what I said tonight. That's what Jesus said. So how do we close out the New Testament? It's worth noting that the book of Revelation, like the Old Testament 5, is also a musical book. There are songs of exuberance, songs of explanation, songs of encouragement, and songs of expectation. Revelation 4 and 8 and they won't come up now on the screen because we changed the PowerPoint. Four and eight says, and, and the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is to come. Does this not mirror? Does this not mirror Isaiah chapter six? And the year when King, or King Uzziah died and the prophets saw the Lord full of the temple and above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings, with twain he covered his face and with twain he covered his feet and with twain he did fly. And by twain I mean two. 
And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Can you imagine these huge beings? They're a lot bigger than me. Two wings to cover their face. Two to cover their feet. And two to fly. And they did this day and night. Revelation 5 and 13, And every creature which is in heaven and the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and are that in them heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be on the him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. Revelation 11:15, And the seventh angel sounded and the great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. And the last one from Revelation 19 and 6. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Church, I don't know about you, but heaven will be loud. It will be exulting. The sights and sounds of worshipping the Lamb will be the like of which we will have never heard nor will probably be able to understand. It will be surrounding. It will be encompassing. But until then, worship team, Christians, do not be afraid to sing and make melody unto the Lord using every instrument at our disposal. In fact, we probably should be more joyous. It is designed by God and makes the devil tremble. Martin Luther once said, the devil, the originator of sorrowful anxieties and restless troubles, flees before the sound of music, almost as much as before the word of God. Music is a gift and grace of God, not an invention of men. Thus it drives out the devil and makes people cheerful. Then one forgets all wrath and purity and other devices. So church, I trust this evening I have set the scene for music as observed in the Bible. Now we turn to the other side of the coin, so to speak. The one called the devil. Who is he? Who created him? And what is his role? So I kind of did this with the youth and I made them say yes or no to what they thought the devil looked like. But this is kind of what society... A lot of the adults wouldn't want to do that, I don't think so. Um, what does the devil look like or what does society portray him to be? Well, you always get these little cartoon depictions of who the devil is. And sometimes you see him and he's got this little spirit hook and all the rest and people think that's maybe what the devil looks like then he'll, he'll appear in some sort of scary film and he'll kind of look like that and people go well that's maybe what the devil looks like and then you get people dress up and they go to all sorts of festivals and they make themselves look kind of dark and demonic and spooky and the devil always seems to come across like this movies especially in Marvel there's a character called Hellboy he breaks out of hell and again, it carries along this red sort of theme of what the devil is. And then we have a football team, a very famous football team. 
And if you're a Christian, I just don't know how you allow the devil on your shirt. Um, maybe that's just me. Some will say that I'm being a wee bit biased, but there he is. He's red. He, you know, he, he signifies everything as kind of demonic and evil. But yep, he's on your shirt. I'll leave that with you. Get a bit more serious. This is another version of the devil. In French, Bahomet or Bahomet. And this is a human form with a goat's head. And this is currently the Satanic Temple, which is in Washington, D.C. And as you can see, there's two children facing the monument. Because the devil is now something to be like. And we'll get into that. But what does the Bible say about him? So Satan is transformed into an angel of light. There's this misconception about who and what the devil is and what he looks like. So Manchester United fans, he may not look like that thing in your jersey, but be wary. So let's take a look at our open reading again from Revelation. When the Lord Jesus gives him four names in one verse. Revelation 12 and 9, as we said at the start, and the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. In scripture, he is identified by a name or phrase 53 times, although there are many more associated verses alluding to him. And he is called everything from Beelzebub to adversary. So I'm not going to go through all of his names. But let's focus on the four contained in our verse. The Bible pulls no punches in warning us by his names. These names give us the idea of a dangerous enemy. So that we can be in no doubt as to his true nature. Dragon in Greek is dracon. And it means great serpent. Serpent, in Greek, is ophis, and it means an emblem of cunning or an artful or malicious person. Devil, and it's Greek, and you've heard it here before, it's a, it's a diabolos, meaning prone to slander, accusing falsely. And Satan, in Greek, is satanus, or satanus, meaning prince of evil spirits, the inveterate adversary of God and Christ. So here's the devil summed up in one verse. A great cunning serpent, malicious and slanderous in his ways, prince of evil spirits, an adversary of God who accuses the saints. That's who he is. He is no friend of children. He is no friend of adults. And when we say that he's the accuser, and I hear Bayless Conley Beers Conlon, the American pastor, used to come to Whitewell. He was doing a, there was a bit of a conference going on, and he talked about the devil. And the, the thing with the devil is, when he's accused of the same, what the devil does, he, he tempts you. So the devil comes along, and I think I used Brother Davison for this, so um, the devil will come to you, and he will tempt, and he will tempt, no tempt. When you cross that line to sin, that's on you. But he'll come to you anyway, and he'll tempt you. He knows your weaknesses. So he'll tempt, he'll tempt, he'll tempt. Once you cross that line, he walks straight up to God and he goes, look what that person did. He goes from the defense to the prosecution. 
And we see that in the book of Job. He goes up and down to God and he says, Have you not considered your servant Job? Church, this is not someone to be admired, trusted, or respected. First Peter 5 and 8 tells us, Be sober, be vigilant, because the devil as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. He literally wants to destroy you. That is why Paul tells the Ephesians, and we'll get to the scripture a little bit later, to put on the full armor of God. Not part of it, the full. We learn in Revelation, the last book, the origin story about the devil being thrown out of heaven. But the devil appears for the first time in Genesis chapter 3 in the form of a snake. The serpent to deceive the first woman in the garden. He comes by challenging God's word, by asking Eve in verse 1. And this is what it says. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree in the garden. Three words. Hath God said. Hath God said. Challenging God's word and instruction by infusing doubt into the mind of Eve. That's one of the biggest tactics of the devil is he will infuse doubt into your mind. Doubt about your salvation. Doubt about your walk with God. Doubt about the ministry you're involved in. He will make you doubt everything about yourself. This sets the tone for his deceptive nature. But what was he originally like and what role does he have to play during the course of eternity? So turn with me to Ezekiel Ezekiel chapter 28. And we'll start to read at verse 12. But the prophet here is talking about a king called Tyrus. And it amazes me, and I hope that every Christian in here tonight has read this verse and understands what it is, but there's so many Christians who don't understand who this verse is about. But it's immediately clear that the word of the Lord is talking about the spirit behind this king. And if we want to know if the devil can inhabit someone, look no further than Judas Iscariot, because the devil entered him. So they're talking... The prophet here is talking about the spirit behind the king. And it says this, starting in verse 12, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom, and perfect and beauty. And here it is, verse 13, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. The king Tyrus could not have been in Eden. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardius, topaz, and the diamond. The beryl, the oxen, and the jasper. The sapphire, the emerald, emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. The worksmanship of thy tablets and of thy pipes were prepared in thee. In the day that thou was created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. And I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created 
to iniquity was found in thee. Church, there are many things about this description that we could dig deeper into. But because tonight we're on the subject of music, I want to look at two parts for this reading. So firstly, the part of the verse that says, Of thy tablets. The Hebrew word for this phrase is tofei. Tofei. And it means timbrel or tambourine. And the second part, and of thy pipes, the Hebrew word for this phrase is nekeb. Nekeb. And it means groove, socket, cavity, or setting. And it's a technical term for a jeweler's work. And some will say, but Gary, that doesn't really mean he's musical. But I would argue against that. Because the jeweler is God himself placed these fine jewels and precious stones on the only being that could cover the angels and carve them into his body. And what is carved in there are grooves and settings and pipes to aid the tambourines. So whilst the angels are singing, he leads the music. An instrument is in his design. There's literally instruments on him. He was perfect in creation, but prayed and wanting to be above God led to his downfall. And this is also confirmed by the prophet Isaiah. Going to chapter 14, I'm beginning to read at verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which does weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. And verse 16 says, They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee I consider thee saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble and did shake kingdoms? So now we have a new name for the devil, and the name is Lucifer, and it literally means light bearer. He bears the light. Now bear in mind, and this is important, we have read about the glorious sights and sounds of the angels worshiping Jesus. Can you imagine the celestial being leading the chorus in ages past? He was perfect in all of his ways. He literally was created to absorb the light from the glory of God. And whilst the seraphims needed pairs of wings to cover their eyes and cover their feet, Lucifer, the one that God called perfect, held this esteemed position, bearing the light and being the covering cherub. Yet church, it was not enough for him. In fact, such is the humiliation of his fall. The prophet Isaiah tells us 
that when we consider him, we will ask the question, it was him. This poses a question of utter disbelief that we will look upon this being with disbelief that he was responsible for trembling and shaking the kingdoms. When we literally see the devil and we will see him, we will look at him and go, it was him. It was him. Someone in Belfast will say, it was your man. He did it. He shook the kingdoms. He caused all of this strife. He did it. That's the way it reads. But the biggest thing with the devil was, was pride. A created being himself thought he could go above the creator. And church, one of the biggest sins that we have in our church is the sin of pride. And I'm not saying that pointing the finger at anybody in this church. I start with me. Pride is a terrible thing. Pride is a terrible, terrible thing. Further delving into the devil's character, we find that he's also a liar and a murderer. As Jesus tells us in John 8 and 44, you're of your father the devil. Now he's talking to the Pharisees. He said, you're of the father the devil and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and a father of it. Church, the devil is also a coward as well as brazen. As he comes to Jesus in the wilderness when he's at his weakest, trying to seduce him, particularly with the third recorded temptation. We read Matthew 4 and 8. Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. Well, thank you, Satan. Who did the devil think he was talking to or asking that question to, to take Jesus, to sh- the one who created the entire universe and everything that was in it, and he was going to offer what some of it back to worship him? The prideful nature has never left him. He still has power, but it's limited and it's short. We find another description of the enemy in Ephesians 6 and 12. For it tells us, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. He is the ruler of the darkness of this world. So based on what we've read, what do we know about the devil? He was perfect. He was a light bearer. He was musical. His sin was pride. He was cast out of heaven. He's accuser of Christians. He's a liar, a thief, and a destroyer. He has many names, including devil, Satan, Lucifer, dragon, and enemy. Praise God tonight. His time is short. His time is very short. And tonight we need a lot of get thee hence Satan moments in our lives. So popular culture has normalized the devil. 
Something that once was feared has now become something of a celebrity. Shows such as Lucifer, which aired on Fox and remains on Netflix, focuses on a character called Lucifer Morningstar, a powerful angel cast out of heaven who becomes bored in hell, so decides to abandon his throne to come to L.A., which is probably hell itself on earth at the moment anyway, to open a nightclub, and he fights crime while he's at it. So that's another misconception about the devil, that somehow in hell he rules it and he reigns over it. God created hell for the devil and his angels. Or more recently, TV show called Little Demon, an adult animated cartoon sitcom airing on FX through Disney, so we shouldn't be surprised. It follows the story of a little girl called Chrissy, and there she is in the middle. No ordinary child. Oh no. 13 years after Satan impregnated her mother, Laura, she gave birth to a little girl who she named Antichrist, then shortened it to Chrissy. The series follows their life in sleepy Delaware in the U.S., where they are constantly overwhelmed by monstrous forces, including Satan, who wants custody of Chrissy's soul, no less. Now, you could go on to Disney, you could get adult restrictions on it, I understand that, but there's a cartoon. Let's be honest, folks, if your kids can get on to Disney, they'll be watching this as a cartoon. That's what it is. Yes, the language may not be great, and yes, it's got adult themes, but this is the type of TV show that normalizes the devil, given that that little girl is meant to be Antichrist. So society is normalizing the devil to the extent that he is now celebrated and proclaimed as a symbol of love and respect. Think back to the statue of the satanic temple and the two little children. If you don't think so, take a look at this. A major U.S. retailer lost billions of dollars in stock value, thank God, due to their ill-thought-out trans clothes range, which struck at the heart of ordinary American people. But to outdo themselves, the Alphabet Mafia introduced a newly designed badge through a U.K. designer, and I believe it's pronounced Abraellen U.K. And this is what they had to say about Satan. Now, this is from their Instagram Satan loves you and respects you who you are. You're important and valuable in this world, and you deserve to treat yourself with love and respect. LGBT plus people are so often referred to as being a product of Satan or going against God's will. So fine, we'll hang with Satan instead. Church, how have we got here? And this is before we've even touched on the musical element this evening. So the devil's influence on music. Back in my early teens, about 15 years ago, <laughs> 20 years ago then, I recall attending a few events where the subject was backtracking, where speakers would literally show up with examples of vinyl records from major bands that when you played the music backwards, there was hidden messages. Who remembers those? Oh, quite a lot. That's good. 
I'm not going to go into that, by the way, but this is kind of where this kind of Satan thing really began. The most famous being Led Zeppelin with their Stairway to Heaven. That when the chorus is played backwards, these words can be heard. Here's to my sweet Satan, the ones whose little path would make me sad, whose power is Satan. So there's many more examples during the 70s and 80s of these practices, the satanic making its way into the mainstream. But it was subliminal and implied, and you really had to hunt for it. So I said at the beginning of this message, I am not saying that all secular music is bad. Some may disagree with me, and that's okay. I love music. But not all music is polluted due to the devil's influence. But from the very first musician, legendary blues guitarist Robert Johnson, who sold his soul to the devil and turned for expertise on the guitar, through the openly satanic music progressing right now to mainstream music, openly, openly glorifying casual sex, occult behavior, and Satan glorification. Quite simply, church, or children are under attack. This has always been the way with the devil. He may have been perfect in creation, but his heart is wicked. Two of the greatest events, and if you think, if you think the enemy will stay away from children, if you think that, and that statue from the satanic temple would nearly, from the satanic temple would nearly make you think that, two of the greatest events in the Bible saw the devil go after the male children, significant in their place and time. When Moses, well in fact, we'll go back a little bit further. The king of Egypt, the Pharaoh, was he was annoyed or upset that the Hebrew people were expanding. He thought, if they keep expanding the way that they are, they're going to someday overthrow me. So we sent out to have all male children under a certain age killed. And thank God, Moses avoided that. He was put into a basket, and ironically, he was put right into the very heart of the pharaohs. He led the children, or the Hebrew people, which become the children of Israel, he led them out of Egypt. And then he gave them the law. And the law ended up being the schoolmaster for us. Which brought us to the second most important event. Just before the cross. Just before Jesus died and bled for us. He was born. And Herod was out of his mind at who this king was. He didn't realize it wasn't, it wasn't an earthly king that was coming. No, no, no. It was the eternal king. But again, he sent out the decree that all the male children were to be killed. The devil tried to stop the law, and he tried to stop the cross. He failed them both. Just because we have laws today in our societies, thank God for them. We have to try and protect children. You can see openly today that these things are coming in where they're going to try and pollute their minds. With all the confusion and chaos in modern society, the devil no longer sees fit to hide as any attempt to identify him is laughed at, scorned, and ridiculed. Music appeals to the flesh, and that is the reason why it's so desired. So I will let you decide that the devil is present in music that is designed for the ears and minds of young people. 
So the artists I show you now have a global audience and attraction that was simply unheard of even 20 years ago due to the rise of the internet and social media. The world has got a lot smaller, which gives them greater access. So first up, we'll start on safer ground. Let me introduce you to the multi-talented Taylor Swift. Once known for her gentle, easy love ballads and catchy riffs, that catapulted her to global superstardom. Taylor's amassed a multi-million dollar empire of wealth. She's won 12 Grammy Awards, an Emmy Award, 40 American Music Awards. She has 98 Guinness World Records amongst all of her awards. She has a, the glowing adoration of her fans across the world, and her current heiress world tour has broken records for the number of seats that have been sold. Even though she has a conveyor belt of bad relationships which form most of her songs. So Taylor Swift. On Instagram, she has well over 260 million followers. On Twitter, she has 92.5 million. And her music is streamed billions of times. But she had a I hit recently with a song called Willow. And you'll see a witch's coven. And they're celebrating, or there's something coming out of the centre of what looks like a fire. So you might say to me, well, you know, it's one song, and is there any real spirit behind it? Well, there is. Taylor Swift is one of the most creative minds in the music industry. So this was not put in by mistake. This is now part of her concert, where the average age of young people going to the concert is anywhere between 8 and 14. It's gained more traction, so they've added pumpkins and all the rest of it to this sequence. Now that in itself is kind of scary, but a video went around recently, and I don't have the video on this, but you can see... Someone is yelling, summon the demons. I'm sorry if, you, if that's maybe just a little too small. But the video clip itself, you can hear someone chanting, summon the demons, summon the demons, summon the demons. And it's just right here. So I took a screenshot of it. But the more disturbing thing is, Taylor Swift herself, that's her account. She came on to that video and she said, yeah, let's make it the new one, two, three. So instead of going one, two, three, four, and the music all kicks in, how about just raise the demons? My question is, why would someone like Taylor Swift have to start bringing this type of thing into her music? Like I said, I'm starting to see it for ground. It gets worse. And just for an idea of how many views these songs get, that Willow video has been viewed by 120 million people people and that's currently just on YouTube. If I stood here tonight and went through all of her music and all of her streams we'd be here for forever and a day. So I'm just going to go with YouTube. 124 million people have seen that video. Let me move to Cardi B. Dressed in her finest. So Cardi B is an influential American rapper who again has won multiple awards including 
a Grammy for best rap, rap album. However, she is now notorious in conservative circles due to one song, alongside her partner in crime, Megan Three Stallions. WAP. Who's heard of Cardi B? Anybody heard of Cardi B? She's got a great following of 160 odd million people. She's got 29 people follow her on Twitter and her music has been downloaded and streamed millions and billions of times. Who has heard of Cardi B? Any of the young people? Oh, there's a couple, okay. So who has heard of the song called WAP? Anyone heard of the song called WAP? Because whenever I was down below in the tunnel and I talked to some of the youth, all the youth giggled and laughed. And they all, he knows about this song. So the thing about it is, I promised Ken, I would, you know, not that I was going to show you anything that was untoward, but this is probably as clean as I can get in this video. So parent, this song got to number one right across the world, including the US and the UK. It's called WAP. The song is pornographic from its very first word until its very last note. Utterly extreme. Now, there was a, an edited version for the charts, which I wouldn't even tell you the name of that, but WAP stands for something. And if you look at how many times that video has been viewed, 507 million times on YouTube. 507 million. So today's the Lord's Day. Do not go home and look up WAP. But parent, educate yourself. Look at it tomorrow. You look at the version, and that's as far as I could go with the video, genuinely. I had to take a screenshot right at the very start because that's the, the cleanest part of it. It's not just that it glorifies sex. It is pornographic. And it's words, and it's disgusting. But it made it the whole way to the top of the charts in both the US and the UK. It has been seen by 507 million people. And if it got the number one and two of the biggest countries in the world for music, then you can imagine that their coffers have been filled because of it. So there you have it, 507 million views. That's two years. 507 million. Next up then we have Katy Perry. Katy Perry again, she is a, she was once a worship leader. That's the thing that's most disappointing about Katy Perry. And she's a daughter of parents who are both pastors. And again, she's one of the best-selling music artists of all time, having sold 143 million records worldwide. She is the most U.S. Diamond certified singles for any female artist. And all of her studio albums released under a capital have individually surpassed 1 billion streams on Spotify. Again, you can go and watch the video. She's asked over 20 years ago. He said, you know, what do you want to do? She said, well, I wanted to be Amy Grant. But that didn't just work out. So I sold my soul to the devil. Here she is about 15 years later. Given an interview. She was clearly distraught. She was broken. She told the interviewer, I'm ashamed. I'm having suicidal thoughts. She said, my life isn't what it used to be. I take no pleasure in Katy Perry being this upset. But she said herself, not just once but twice, she sold her soul to the devil. That brings me then to her song, Bon Appetit, which was released back in 2019. This song, again, is highly sexualized. 
But there's a deeper meaning to this song. Because as you can see, if you go and watch this video, she's been brought out of an oven, she's wrapped in some sort of covering, and then there's people coming to eat her. Again, it's sexualized. But it gives the idea of cannibalism amongst the elitists of this world. She came under heavy criticism for this, and I think this is what led to the breakdown. But again, this video has been viewed 1.2 billion times. It's not a pleasant video. It's really not. Then we have Billie Eilish. Who's heard of Billie Eilish? Most people heard of Billie Eilish. Okay. I think we're, I think we're leaving the worst to last. So she's a true icon of the weird but popular. Eilish has received multiple awards, including seven Grammy Awards, two American Music Awards, three MTV Awards, three Brit Awards, a Golden Globe and an Oscar for singing the James Bond theme, No Time to Die. She is the youngest artist in Grammy history to win all four general awards in the same year. New Artist, Record of the Year, as well as Song and Album of the Year. hope you see tonight that the artists that I'm showing you, they're popular. They're not sort of artists that you've never really heard about. So Eilish's quirky but strange behaviour really materialises. Well, let's look at her Instagram followers first. 109 million, 7.2 million on Twitter. And again, her stream, 729 million and 13.2 billion views of her music. So yeah, so the weird and wonderful. She released a song called All the Good Girls Go to Hell. And as you can see, she appears as a fallen angel. The video starts with her falling out of heaven. She lands on the earth. There's quite dark and it's all burnt up and her wings start to burn and flame and all the rest of it. So very demonic imagery. But that's not the most startling part. I'm going to let you hear the chorus or let you read the chorus. All the good girls go to hell. Because even God herself has enemies. So now she's misgendering God. And once the waters start to rise and heaven's out of sight, she'll want the devil on her team. My Lucifer is lonely. My Lucifer is lonely. She's one of the biggest pop stars on planet Earth right now. And there's the video. All, girls go, all good girls go to hell. Been viewed 200 and 26 million times. Let me get the fresh face, Sam Smith. Once upon a time, he was a non-controversial, he was only gay, wasn't provocative, winner of 68 career awards, including a Golden Globe and Oscar for, again, a theme song and James Bond Spectre, five Grammy Awards, his Instagram followers maybe aren't as high as everyone else's. 14.6 million on Instagram, 7.8 on Twitter. And again, his streams, 293 million. And then his views on various platforms, 8.55 billion. So it's still substantial. So what does he resort to? Well, first of all, he changes the non-binary. And then he decides that his shows need to take a bit more of a turn to the demonic. This was his performance at the Brit Awards only this year. 
But even Piers Morgan criticised him. Couldn't understand why he was going this way. And there's, there's, there's other things around this time. And if you go on his Instagram, you'll see that it's highly sexualised. You know, not that he's a great guy to look at, but you know, he, he just, it's what he's bringing into his music. But again, a very popular person in terms of the music scene. Then we have Demi Lovato. Who's heard of Demi Lovato? Most people should have heard of Demi Lovato. Should have heard of Demi Lovato. She's more of a teen star, and she sold over 24 million records. Still very, very popular. She's important in this list due to the volume of followers that she has on social media. So 157 million. Twitter, 53 million. And streams of her music and her videos. 175 million streams, and then 1.3 billion Instagram views of everything she's put on. However, not that long ago, she tried to take an overdose that nearly killed her. And then she recorded a documentary called Demi Lovato, Dancing with the Devil. And then, a bit like Sam Smith, she went from normal to non-binary. Very confused about her identity. So you can see that the devil is very clearly at work with her. But then what happened was, about a year later, she went back to being a female... Because she said that she was now in tune with her feminine energy. Heaven help us. And as you can see, she's turned towards more demonic. But she recently released an album. I think it was September, October last year. And obviously I have to hide out one of the words. You can see the imagery is quite clear. She is embedded on a bed, leather bound, tied up. And the bed is the shape of a cross. So you can only imagine what the second word is. But again, that's where she's at. So I took the first verse of this title track. And it reads like this. Like a serpent in the garden. I am truth and I am darkness. I'm an angel, I'm a demon. Just depends what you're feeling. I'm the fruit that was forbidden. But don't keep my evil hidden. Mainstream music, mainstream artists. Very clearly she's talking about the Garden of Eden. And I've left the worst to last. Little Nas X probably quite new onto the scene, gaining massive traction around the world. Who's heard of Little Nas X? Obviously I have. Who's heard of Little Nas X? There we are. This guy is going to be huge because he really has sold his soul. Winner currently of two Grammy Awards, five Billboard Music Awards, as well as five MTV Music Awards. There he is, all fresh-faced. His followers... Not that high, 11.9 million. But when you see one of his videos and you see how many people have viewed it, that doesn't really matter. Twitter followers, 8 million. Streams and views, 276 million. And 6.2 billion in terms of views of his Instagram and other social media. So, he released a song recently. Call Me By Your Name. Now, Again, you can go home and watch this, but it starts with a garden and a man playing a guitar, a demon-looking man underneath a tree. 
And I'm not too sure if you can see the snake along the ground. But there's a snake going through the grass and then up onto the tree. Again, very clear imagery of the Garden of Eden. Then at the point in the video, little Nas X, dressed as an angel, goes into heaven and then he drops down into a place that looks like hell. It doesn't look like hell because it is hell. Or his understanding of hell. Then he goes right into the throne room of the devil himself. And there's a pentagram on the ground and there's a pentagram above the throne. And on the throne is the devil himself. So little Nas X performs a dance, not a nice one, in front of the devil. And then eventually, he kills the devil. And then, he takes the horns of the devil, he places it on himself, and ascends above Satan and his throne. If there could be any doubt about this guy, then I think the next few slides will confirm that he knows what he's doing. So there, that is the, the amount of views that that video was seen on YouTube. 541 million views. 541 million views of this video. Easily accessible, not parental controlled on YouTube. So, little Nas X and Nike Air Satan. Who's heard of the Nike Air Satan, Satan shoes? There's a handful. Okay, so there he is with the Nike Air Satan shoe. That's what it looks like. So, there's a pentagram on the laces. There's a drop of human blood inside the soul, where the liquid or the fluid is. There's a scripture from Luke on the side, and we'll get that scripture shortly. And on the side of the shoe is the number. Number one of 666, number two of 666, right the whole way up to 666. So here's was the shoe sold by Saint. Initially they were selling for just over $1,000. Now, you're probably saying to me right now, Gary, I bet you nobody bought those. All 666 pairs sold out in one minute. In one minute. That's little Nas X. So the scripture on the side is Luke 10, 18. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning falling from heaven. See, what little Nas X didn't really understand was he was quoting the words of the Lord Jesus. But it's right there on the side of that shoe. So tell me that this wasn't intended. So next up. I'm not going to talk about dance music because I'm running out of time. So I'm not going to talk about dance music. Dance music was something that was my Achilles heel, something that even still would be, if I hear it, it submerged me for a long time, okay? It, 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 dance music genuinely was a bugbear in my life. But dance music has always been synonymous with over 18, it's always synonymous with, with drugs. But the reason why I want to show you this video that's coming next, okay? And I hope the, the volume's turned down. This is really important, and I'll be quick with this. And I believe the Lord wanted me to show this to you. Even though dance music is for the over-18s and younger people can still go, the pastor spoke here a few months ago, isn't that right? And he talked very... It was, it was, it, you could tell that it was something that was coming from deep within. He talked about dance music and his experience, and he talked about how he's opening his soul up 
to something that was taking it out. Unfortunately for me, he said, that's what them DJs does. Isn't that right, Gary Alcorn? While I slunk into my seat. Because I always saw myself as a record player, not um, a soul usurper. But that's what he said. And I saw this video. It was another Christian posted this video. And I, I, I look for it. Because it's, it's demonic. And you'll find that young people are being exposed to this more and more. Even though they don't even understand what's going on, there's the spiritual realm. So this is a major dance event. And you can see the shape rising up in the background. As if it's been awoken. It's swaying slightly with the music. Then as the music starts to break and get a little bit quicker, you'll see it start to sway and move. But it's what it does straight after that. It reaches out and it's pulling that energy in. Now the people in that that audience have absolutely no clue about the spiritual nature behind it, but that is exactly what I saw when I saw this thing and I remember back to that morning about how you open yourself up to these things. And it does it one last time and then slinks away back into the background. Okay, nearly finished. So the same devil that tempted Eve is the same devil that tempted Jesus. Is the same devil who entered Judas and asked after Peter and Job. Is the same devil who seeks to destroy nations. Is the same devil that is openly and it is an openly satanic music. Is the same devil that appears in these pop songs. There is no difference. The demonic has never been so readily available or on display. Or children. Are vulnerable. They're being targeted at the youngest of ages so as to corrupt and control. The founder of the Jesuit Brotherhood, Ignatius Loyola, once famously said, give me a child till he is seven years old and I will show you the man. That's old English. What he meant was, give me a child to seven and they are mine. They are mine. They're mine. That's why the spirit behind RSE being driven into schools is the same spirit pushing for child mutilation under the guise of child protection through the transgender movement is the same spirit that whispered in the Eve's ear, did God really say? Brothers, sisters, friends, this evening, it is no wonder that amidst the chaos in our world today, the devil feels comfortable appearing to our children. But as our reading from the beginning states, his time is short, his wrath is kindled against the redeemed of God. So just a few instructions for parents. Parent, young person, if you're truly listening this evening, be aware that although this music sounds appealing, and most of it is, it can have a huge bearing on your mind and your heart. James instructs us in 4 and 7, submit yourselves before, therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Many Christians like the second part, which is resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's not what... No. 
if you, there's no resisting without submitting. Submit yourselves before, therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Parents, the Apostle Paul warns us in 2 Corinthians 2 and 11, for we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. After tonight, you should not be ignorant of his devices. Educate yourself. And why do we should not be ignorant of him? So is that he will have no advantage over us. You must know and understand the dangers of modern pop music. You've seen it. Biggest stars on planet Earth had the devil and Satan front and center of what they do. It's a backdoor to your children. So what are we to do? This church, the youngsters, when they go out on a Sunday morning, Proverbs 22 and 6, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. And then Ephesians chapter 6. Wherefore, take on to you the whole armor of God that we may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all the stand, stand therefore having your loins girt about with the truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereon too with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. It's your instruction manual to protect in your home and your children. And then we show them an example. Philippians 4 and 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatever, whatsoever things are good, of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. The first part of John 10 and verse 10 says this thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Parents, grandparents, the children in your home can tie you in knots with technology. You must be mindful and guarded over these things you don't understand. Blissful ignorance is not an excuse. Even if you arm your children with the full armor of God as outlined in Ephesians, the thief still wants to steal kill and destroy you and your child's confidence, identity, happiness, and soul. But part B of the verse, I have come that I might have, I have, I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. What a promise we have tonight. Even in the face of modern society destroying itself with the radical agendas and music, instead of a stealer, we have a shepherd. Instead of a false light bearer, we have the light of the world. Instead of a liar, we have the truth. Instead of a tempter, we have a forgiver. Instead of an adversary, we have a friend. Instead of an accuser, we have an advocate. Instead of a destroyer, we have a savior. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. The enemy ever tells you tonight that you're finished. He's a liar. I want to tell you that he puts doubt in your mind. The devil told me for nearly three years, and it's personal to me, that I was finished. That I was finished. There's only one tonight that said, it's finished. Jesus said, it is finished. Paid in full. The debt is paid, and we are set free. 
I trust this evening has been enlightening. And I could have stood here all night with example after example. And I think I've probably taken too long as it is. You've seen references to witchcraft, the occult, and Satanism. that's gained traction in the mainstream and growing in popularity over the last number of years. And I didn't even have to dig into proper satanic music to find it. All I had to do was turn on Cool FM. And on this I finish. And I, I thank you for your attention. So Deuteronomy 31 and 6. And I know Moses is talking about taking the, the land that he wouldn't see. The land of Israel. But he says, be strong and of good courage. Fear not. Or be afraid of them. The enemies of Israel. But church, we have our enemies tonight. And it's not a single, it's a plural, it's a them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doeth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. What a saviour. What a Jesus. Thank you.